Hello, welcome to the Bless You podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even get through that introduction. That's amazing. That's my favorite laugh that you do. <laughs> the gut one that's just yeah. like, ha <laughs> Welcome to the Bless You podcast, mates. How are you, matey? Um, I'm pretty good today. You're okay today? Yeah. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> so, Plug Mr. Rogers. Uh, so there is that that show. Uh, I was a couple episodes ago. I was talking about like my guilty pleasures on Netflix, like the shows. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they're the stupid shallow shows. Well, there's this guy and one of them who's uh, actually from Wales, but he's kind. Of, it's you know same region area um, of the UK, right? So he's got he actually has a like a British accent, like a UK uh-huh. accent, and. Uh, on the subtitles, I'm a subtitle guy, but every time he would say, like most people would be like, isn't it? Like, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? But when he (laughs) says, he says, in it, and it it spells it I-N-N-I-T. In it. In it. (laughs) It's a beautiful day, in it. That's awesome. So. I love watching um, the Great British Baking Show on Netflix. Yeah. Because they like, have people from all over the United Kingdom, so it's like, you can have a Scottish dude and a woman from Ireland or like, British or Welsh, it's like all of the above, and they have the coolest accents. Yeah, it's the best. It makes me feel um, sad about my American accent. So I have a lot of Welsh in my blood. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, a Wales man. Yep. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Soccer player from Wales. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks for the context. I was not picking up on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Icebreaker for today. Woo. Starting question. Um, here we go. This could go one of many ways i'm excited here and you can answer either question i'll pose too what is um either the weirdest dream you've had or what is the most recent dream you've had oh wow do you dream do you like have dreams i feel like that's a starting question some people don't like have dreams at all that they can remember yeah i okay so when I was a kid, I dreamt all the time, all the time. As yeah. I've grown up and my brain just goes all day, like I feel like it, oh, obviously I, I know that I dream, but like I don't, I just hit the sleep so hard that I don't remember it. <laughs> so, um, but I will tell you a very distinct dream that I had when I was a kid. So I, I grew up financially was not like, mm-hmm. you know, good in our family. Um, finances were rough growing up. And I remember in the first house that I lived in, it was actually a, a town home. It was a, a quadplex, and we lived in in uh, the unit number four, so it was the last okay. one. But it was actually the first. So I lived in Las Vegas, subdivision neighborhood. Uh-huh. It was actually the first house um, when you entered the neighborhood. So when okay. you drive in, it's the first house on the right. Yeah, great spot. Lovely. And uh, so you had like two really elongated steps that walked up to my front door. And so I remember there was this dream and and for the longest time, like I thought this was real, which is kind of like scary and weird, but like I, it was so realistic. Like I remember being like, where did I put that money? Where did I put that money? Um, But I was probably, I was probably like six or seven maybe when I had this dream. Okay. And I walked outside and there was a car parked out in front on the street. Uh And I remember I saw this thing like shining, almost kind of like the original Willy Wonka when Charlie like finds the- The golden ticket. Well, but he finds the money in the drain to go into the candy store, which is the the way that he gets the golden ticket. 
but I saw this thing shining. And when I walked over, there were like leaves in the gutter, but I found this like silver dollar mm -hmm. and I kept like moving the leaves. And every time I'd move the leaves, there was just a stack of money there. What? And I grabbed all the money and I like ran inside and was like, mom and dad, look like this is amazing. What? Yeah. So that was one really, really, really distinct dream. I had the second one. This is really weird. So I had a kid in my first grade class. His name was Kyler. Kyler. Nice. Uh, well, when I was in first grade, there was a notice that was sent out from our school alerting all parents that there was a like a suspicious car that was driving around and was all, like constantly around the neighborhood and like cops would like yeah. hang out on the corners of is our- this, Is this dream or is this- This is real life. Okay, okay. So in real life, there was this red Mustang that all of the families in the school got alerted that it had been hanging around. Cops like started like monitoring the streets and would like be there during sure. school hours and everything. Um, so I, I had this fear that I was going to get kidnapped as a kid. Like I, my mom always told me stranger danger, right? Like I felt sure. like anybody who was a stranger, like was potentially going to kidnap me. Wow. Terrifying and so anyways, life. this kid, Kyler, we were in the class and all of a sudden, like in my dream, um, Kyler was like facing away from me and someone was like, Oh my goodness. Like that's the guy in the red Mustang. Like you need to run away. And he was like trying to grab me and I turned and I tried to throw a punch. And when I t tried to throw a punch at him, the guy's face like turned around and he like stopped my punch and like had my fist what? like in his mouth, like biting my fist. What? And the guy in the red Mustang was this kid, Kyler. Those what are two, two of the, happened? I know it's like a, it's those a are so yeah. intense. Um, yeah. So those are two of the most distinct dreams that I've had in my life. So what Whoa. about you? <laughs> I know. How are you going to follow that up? But how, how about you? <laughs> for context, for all the listeners, <laughs> I just like totally forgot that I was hosting a podcast and I just locked <laughs> in on what Connor was saying, trying to follow oh, what the heck is going on. And here's the thing. If you're someone that studies brains, uh, don't overanalyze that too much. I think I've turned out okay. <laughs> uh, but if you have some insight on that, like those aren't things that haunt me, but those Trauma. are two dreams that I remember. So Trauma. My goodness gracious. Well... <laughs> On a really different note, the so my reoccurring dream as a kid was that I was um, rafting um, on a giant rubber ducky with all my friends. <laughs> oh, no. And I think it was inspired by a Magic School Bus episode with Miss Frizzle. Um, literally so, the best. Yeah, amazing show. So I was on this ducky, and we every time in the dream, we would like float off this waterfall. We would like be rafting and they'd be like, oh no, waterfall. And we'd like fall off the edge. This is a reoccurring dream. This, this was a reoccurring dream as a kid. <sighs> wow. Um, now my most recent dream I had literally like last night, right before we're recording this, um, I like had a kid and it was the weirdest thing. It was like this toddler, um, but like really young. And it was like, it was like a fully fledged adult, Yeah. but it was like tiny. And people were like, this is your kid. I was like, this is not my kid. And they're like, no, it's your kid. And I was like, when this kid starts calling me dad? And I'm like, what? what is going on right now? Dad? No, ew, I did not like that. <laughs> Just kidding. I did not. <laughs> dad? Dad? But like he could speak and he like was like fully proficient and like could walk and like handle himself and like do all these things. And I was just like thrown. When I woke up, I was like, what? It's like the Rugrats, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I didn't watch the Rugrats, but. Oh, 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 those kids are like, yeah, yeah. No, I know now. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, that was a huge segue. Thanks for um, um, sharing, Connor. And I hope you listeners 
Got a glimpse into our subconscious <laughs> right there. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't. Hopefully you <laughs> yeah, Not with Connor. <laughs> Actually, maybe not with me either. I don't have a kid. Oh, Fun man. Fact. Well, Stuart, we've got an incredible topic today. Uh, yeah. We're going to be looking at inside of the church, evangelism versus discipleship. And I mm. think the main question that we will be looking at today and kind of centering this discussion on is like, what should churches be focused on? Should yeah. they be focused more on bringing people through the door to to accept Jesus? Yeah. Um, or should they be focused on that internal, let's do what we need to do to preach to the people in the seats so that they can go and make disciples of all nations, right? And yeah. I, I want to just say this to just start us off. We're diving in to the deep end right now. I think... That it is both and. And that is so cliche. <laughs> and people are like, oh, duh. But really, like, I don't think that we, I think we focus heavily in one area in the church. And most churches structure their mission or their organization mm-hmm. around one or the other and forget that it is, it, the call is both and. Yeah. What do you think about that? I am. Um, totally agree. I feel like we can just end the episode now. We gave our answer. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Shortest episode ever. LOL. No, um, I'm really excited about this topic just because I know it makes you so excited. And as we like keep going, um, y'all are going to understand that Connor gets like amped about this. <laughs> I'm super passionate about this. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think it, it, it has to be a both and. These two, evangelism and discipleship, go hand in hand. I think it's um, implied they come one after another. Yeah. Um, and there has to be this constant flux in between the two of them. Right. Um, I think that churches, I think it's easier to evangelize than it is to disciple. That's my take on it. I think, cause I think discipling, um, it ju- it's just harder. Yeah. I think it's like a harder process for I people. I think it's a longer investment. It's a longer investment. And I think it's easier to make yourself look appealing and get people in the doors. Sure. Um, sure. So before we get too that far into it, I just want to give um, some definitions. Just like, let's define our terms. This is my philosophy side coming out. Let's define our terms. <laughs> let's go. Come on, Socrates. Um, oh my gosh, if only. No, I actually don't want to be like Socrates. That pagan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so evangelism. Definition is the act of spreading the good news of Jesus. So that's like the the making like converts and like bring people in the doors and like getting them to um, believe in God. Yep. Whereas on the other side, discipleship is the training of believers in Jesus and bringing people from a convert to a follower. Yeah. Are we tracking? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um I think from that sense it's very much about like what you said. So when we look at it from church perspective, right? A lot of churches will say um, that we focus on seeing the lost found. And a lot of churches would say that we focus on building disciples, right? So like two different preaching styles. One preaching style is I'm preaching to the person who knows nothing about Jesus so that they can encounter Jesus and come to follow him. Uh, The second type of preaching is I'm standing at the pulpit and I'm preaching to people and it does not matter how heady or knowledgeable it gets, we're diving in deep to help equip them to go and in their marketplace yep. or at the coffee shop, like tell people about Jesus and lead them to Jesus. Yeah. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge it's a really hard job to ride that balance. And like, oh I have goodness. a lot of respect for 
all the the pastors out there yeah um who are like trying to find that balance because you're the congregation is it's going to be really mixed definitely it's going to be a really unique diverse group of people yeah um but connor will you like um tell us a little bit about like what is finding that balance like absolutely um, what is like a way to gauge it and yeah so let me put it this way and this is my own personal opinion just from what i see from scripture um, if you disagree, that's totally okay. And hey, we're unified in the in the body of Christ. And I hope that if you disagree, you're using that perspective uh, that you see from Scripture to make more disciples. But I think uh, it's not even the conversation of chicken or the egg, which one came first. I think evangelism right. has to come first, 100%. Mm-hmm. And this is why I see that. Uh, Jesus calls his disciples to him. He stops them from what they're doing and calls them to him. And throughout his entire ministry, we have to remember at this time that they are waiting, these Jewish people, and some of them aren't Jewish, like these people are waiting for the Messiah to come. Yeah. So when Jesus calls them out to follow him and do ministry with him, uh, they're not identifying him as Messiah, right? So when they they look at him as rabbi, as teacher— not savior. Um, his entire ministry through the miracles, through the parables, through the Sermon on the Mount, through his teachings, all the way to the cross, he is 100% showing these people that he is the great I am. Yeah. That he is God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the savior, even after he resurrects. Like I'm reminded in in Luke 24, where he appears before his disciples after he's risen from the dead and the disciples go and they tell Thomas and Mm -hmm. Thomas, Mr. Doubter, right? I would be too, is like, no way. That's a ghost. I need to see him. And Jesus appears to him. By the way, the door was locked and Jesus all of a sudden appears in the room. First thing he says to him is, peace be with you. It's an absolute baller move of Jesus <laughs> right? to walk just, through a wall. Just a, I don't know how he did it. Just but. a holy flex, right? Like yeah. the supreme <laughs> flex right there. Holy flex. Uh, but he appears in the room, says, peace be with you, and then shows Thomas the holes in his hands and even goes beyond that mm-hmm. to say, don't you have anything to eat? And they give him broiled fish like showing that I am alive, right? So from that, like what I see is uh, the evangelism part comes first. Uh, From that, it is so important to structure the ministry around how are we equipping the saints here? How are we equipping the disciples to become the discipler? Yes. That's a walk with Christ. That's the the love of Jesus in our lives going into action. Yeah, and I think that's the really, that's like the difficult part. Um, at least I find uh, in my own life, it's hard to navigate discipleship because honestly that like involves correction sometimes. Yep. That, evolves, that involves accountability. That involves teaching and having maybe a harder conversation with someone. Yeah. Um, but it's all out of love. And I think that that's what I really like about our faith is that the Christian position on love isn't that it's always like acceptance and affirmation, but it's yeah. calling people higher. It's calling people like where God is putting them and God has redeemed us. Mm-hmm. He is restoring us and he's healing us. But sometimes that's like difficult and it like takes time. Um, and that's like the, that's the long haul journey of discipleship. Yes. And it's harder to get people. I think if you're in a church that's like preaching like um, sanctification all the time and all these like knowledge things, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. 
I think that's like hard to retain a congregation for and like because there's no evangelism. Yeah. And that's like this balance that we're trying to talk about right now. I agree. And so here I want to hear yours. Um, what what would be the pro and the con of a more evangelistic church? And what would be the pro and the con of more of a disciple driven church? That's a great question. Um, just off the dome right now. <laughs> <laughs> The the pro of an all evangelism church, in my mind, is that you've got a bunch of people and they're all super excited and they're probably on an emotional high. Yeah. And they're just like really pumped about Jesus. But the con there is that they might not be super equipped. So when hard times come, they've got a bunch of nuggets of truth to yeah. go off of. But how much is a nugget going to do when you lose someone you love or like yeah. when you are like working through an addiction? And in the discipleship side of things, the the pro of that is that you've got a congregation who is probably working on um, their walk with the spirit. They're actively yeah. like trying to to walk in closer step with God. But the con there uh, is that you, it's probably really hard to get people to come in the doors who are new. Yeah, and it's really hard if you're picking up on a sermon series that's like an in-depth study of revelation and you're working through verse by verse and <laughs> yeah, you're like yeah. talking about the beasts of the land and I'm new and I'm like, what the what? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. What yeah. do you think about that? So I think the pros of evangelism is I think that it gets people to walk through the door of a church who would never like even have that as a comprehended thought in their, in their mind. Yeah. And it gets them to come through where they're going to hear the gospel message and they're going to get a taste of who Jesus is. Yeah. And I think that that is super important because there's such this tainted view of who Christians are um, from the external world, outside world of the Christian community. Um, I think the the cons of that is aligns with what you're saying is how deep are those roots being poured into? So if it's just evangelism, yeah, you might have, you know, 150 people raise their hand or come to the altar at an altar call, which praise the Lord for every single one of those. Yes. But but what is the 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 aftermath? What is the next step thing? Right. And a lot of times it's like, oh, we'll get them baptized. Okay. Well, what's the next thing? Like you're, you're taking them through these things that are obedient in what Christ has called us to do, right. Or has instructed us to do. But what's the, what's the diving deeper thing internally Mm -hmm. that continues to allow their, their heart to be transformed and softened, their mind to be renewed and their hands now are being put to work. Yeah. So I think that there's the pro and con there. I think the, the pro of the discipleship driven church is, these people show a reverence and a dedication to knowing God's word. Like, yeah. what do the commandments say? Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? I think that there really is this reverence to God of like, I want to be obedient to what God says. Yeah. I think on the flip side, the con of that is it aligns again with what you're saying is it doesn't seem very inviting to the outside person, it almost seems like, okay, that's their thing over there. And like, I don't feel welcome at that church or like, they're not actually going out using that to go and disciple and bring people in. Uh, And what can happen in that is, is people's heads become inflated. Like you get these big bobbleheads walking around. Like I know how to interpret this scripture (laughs) and like, I know the Greek and the Hebrew of this. 
and and they actually use that to show someone how wrong they are. Right. It's like a, it becomes a pride booster. Yep. And I love that picture of Bobblehead. You, I'm pretty sure you just read my mind, or the spirit was linking <laughs> us, because I was come on now. about to mention that something I've heard um, while being up here in Wenatchee, which I love, is from my brother Cam, especially, is this image of a Bobblehead of someone who knows so much but they don't move. Yep. And they just kind of sit there like doe, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. just like kind of stand around. Yep. Yeah. But discipleship, um, we just want to be abundantly clear: evangelism and discipleship are both necessary. Um, we're not bashing on either one of them by any means because that's how it's by both of those things and the power of God um, in us. The church is alive right now. Um, but Connor, something you touched on earlier was the idea of multiplication or disciplers discipling others yep. and training people to go and seek others out. Yeah. So could you touch a little bit on like what that looks like? Yeah. So my favorite passage, one of them at least, Matthew 28. I feel like it's in every episode. Uh, you guys should have it memorized <laughs> it by really now. It really is. <laughs> uh, but, but there really is this, this gospel responsibility that comes with living for Christ. Like yeah. Christ is action. When I think of the word Christ, there's so much that, that comes with him. But there really is in the personal testimonies of us, there's this word action and proactive that we are called to. Um, and so from that, like when Jesus is standing on the mountain and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you, Mm -hmm. like that's the spirit inside of us. And then he, and then he, you know, goes on, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Like what Jesus is saying essentially in that is I have taught you what you need to know in equipping people on what they're called into. Mm. So I can go out and I'm not using scripture in the Bible to show people how they're wrong. I'm showing them what they're called into in holiness. Sure, yeah. And and that is the discipleship process. And so I think that there is um, a lot of churches, most church platforms nowadays have a group for everything, yeah. right? Um, but my challenge to those groups would be, how are you actually equipping the saints to go out now and in their market marketplace, not evangelize to to you know Bible bash someone and say you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus, oh, no. right? Um, but how are you equipping them to love someone and not just like oh I love them I'm accepting of everything, but really truthfully like latch on to the commands that Jesus has taught us, right? Because that's part of the the Great Commission is yeah. teach them to obey the commands that I have given you, yeah. right? Like. How are you teaching them to see the fullness in a life with Christ and what that looks like to multiply that? Absolutely. So like Jesus came on earth, he was the image of God, like we are, but he lived into it. Yep. He was fully human. Yep. And what I mean by fully human is A, that he was a man through and through, but B, that he was um, what God envisioned in the garden, what like the perfect Adam, basically. Yeah. Um, he lived and he died on the cross that a death he didn't have to do. He raised from the dead in all of his glory and majesty. Amen. And it's incredible. And the Great Commission, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. He says, go, th- go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is enabling us as believers in him to go and be co-partners and invite other people into this really good news. Yeah. And I think the Great Commission is really cool. Um, we have really have talked about it a lot 
Um, but it has so many, it has so much in it and there's so many different angles in it. And here, um, evangelism and discipleship are both entailed in this passage. Yep. It's the, the go, which is the evangelism and then the make disciples yeah. and the teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Mm-hmm. Like there's the discipleship and there's also the evangelism, which is so cool. Yep. And it's not like Connor and I are whipping this model out of like a, <laughs> you know, I just like thought of something really cool, like original idea, like. Yeah. Come on now. This is this is just um, what Jesus told us if to it's do. It's an original idea. That might be time to kind of reflect and be like, okay, how accurate <laughs> is this? Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't really want an original idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So. Well, and I think Stuart, uh, a passage that you know we were discussing, um, that also kind of looks at the discipleship process is Second Timothy chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen. It says, "All Scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work." That's good. Um, Here's the thing. We we like to pick and choose. And this is where earlier when I was saying like the church sometimes has the ability to um, use scripture to try to prove someone wrong mm-hmm. rather than to inspire unity in the body of Christ and to see believe or p- the lost become found. But I love how it opens up. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, right? So that is not, I'm using this against you. That is, I'm using this as the centerfold of our life with Christ. Right. It doesn't say all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for making others feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, and telling them how wrong they've been living and telling them that they need to do this or else hell is in their midst. It's such an interesting balance of like uh, holding someone accountable yep. and also extending grace. Like I think of, I think of Galatians, um, which instructs us um, to restore believers gently, um, yeah. which is like such a, a good word that I need to hear more often. Totally. And then we simultaneously read this. So where it says that it's useful for teaching and for correction, and it's the same author writing both of those things. Right. And they like almost seem like incompatible, but really they're not. Yeah. And that's just um, the the teaching of Jesus of grace and truth. Yeah. That Christ came full of grace and full of truth. Yep. That's yep. John one. Um, Amen. Yeah. And and here's the thing: when we say it's both and and discipleship and evangelism have to go hand in hand, they they both should be a focus. Now your church might lean one direction. Here at Sage Hills. We have a vision that we want to see 10,000 people in our valley come to know Jesus. Like, that is evangelistic at its core. But the reality is we have a discipleship path that when people come into this body or they're looking to, you know, hey, I I need to get connected. Mm -hmm. Well, our focus on that is developing disciples so that they can continue to go out and we can see. Here's the thing. We didn't say 10,000 people at Sage Hills Church come to know Jesus. Right. It's the valley. And that might be through other churches, right? We want to see like God's word come to fruition and people's lives transformed, but that takes place through disciples. But here's the thing. I've never met a disciple who didn't accept Jesus first. That's a good point. And that's where earlier when I was saying, hey, it's not a conversation of chicken and egg. In my mind, evangelism comes first because there has to be this drawing in. There has to be, hey, drop those nets. You're fishermen, but you're going to be fishers of men. 
Yeah. Right. Like, hey, stop being a tax collector. Come and eat dinner with me. Right. Absolutely. Follow me. Um, so there's that kind of that balance there, but here's how I like to view it. So for those of you that don't know, um, I, uh, do church consulting as well. I'll plug it pulse consulting group. <laughs> um, but one of the models that I use inside of that, when we're reflecting on church's mission and, and their effectiveness and their growth and where they want to go and where they feel like God is leading them, how do you do the both? And there's this, in, there's this spectrum. Um, and on one side of the spectrum, is evangelism and the other side of the spectrum is discipleship and then there's this divider right in the middle um it's all one line but then you go about three quarters of the way in internally on those lines so you know 75 percent on the discipleship side 75 percent on the evangelism side and there's this wavelength that goes in between and and there will be seasons where hey fall kickoff dude we are heavily heavily and most churches are mm-hmm. heavily focused on the evangelistic piece because that is the biggest time that Christmas, Easter and I would even say Mother's Day are the biggest times where you see the most people in your seats in the church. Yeah. So you better be focused on evangelism at that point. Yeah, it's strategic. Exactly. Uh but then there's this season coming into like what are is kind of the slower parts of the year or the more grueling sides of ministry of like Hey, yeah. we're, we're past Christmas. We're in that gear up for Easter. But like what's going on in February in the church? Yeah. Right. Colder climates. Most people want to stay indoors. You see lesser population. You're training people who have either come to accept Jesus, like you're lear- you're teaching them how to be equipped and now going out and, and discipling to people who aren't in the seats. Mm-hmm. But also what you're doing is it's the sharpening of the tools. It's the sharpening of the belt, right? Yeah. The, the tools on the belt. It's like, okay, hey, you're sitting in these seats. Like it's February, it's dead season in the church. Um, it's a little bit slower, right? Up here in, in the Washington area, like football season, Seahawks play a lot at 10:25 a.m. Oh our 10 a.m. service like my gets goodness. destroyed, right? So anyways, all that to say, there should be this spectrum that you're reflecting on of like what season are we in and we should never get outside of like that 75% on either side. Because yeah. once you get on that, now you're way too imbalanced. So there has to be this balance and this focus on, okay, we might be leaning more evangelistic in this season, but we're still doing things to equip the disciples. And my challenge to people who who run churches or who are not run, but who are leading churches yeah. and inside of that leadership is, if you don't have people in your seats that are both like hardcore disciples and are like a seasoned veteran in that and mm-hmm. continuing to go out and disciple the people and people who who don't know Jesus at all, um, if you don't have a blend of that and aren't striving to have that blend in your seats, it might be time to reevaluate. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a really helpful um, mental image. Just to like kind of do a self-check too of like, where are you at yeah. in your own faith walk? And as we're wrapping up right now, I just want to encourage everyone listening um, and to say that Connor cast this vision earlier of like the 10,000 people in the Wenatchee Valley like mm-hmm. coming to know the Lord. Um that is a really big vision and a really encouraging vision. But the only way it's done is through the whole body of Christ coming right. together in the same purpose. It's not one pastor who's going to lead everyone together or one ministry team. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are a minister as well. Amen. And if you are listening and you believe in Jesus, then you have a call in your life. And you have a power inside of you to help you do that. Yes. And help you accomplish that goal. So multiplication 
being a disciple and making more disciples is what we're called to. It's not uh, one person running the show. It's not three people running the show. It is a whole body of believers coming together under the name of Jesus. That's right. And that is what's on our lives. That's what's on our hearts. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bless You Podcast. I've had a lot of fun, Connor, talking with you about stuff you're really excited about. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely. a good episode. It's been great and just great hearing your perspective on things as well. And yeah. um, let's just continue to do both, right? We have to yeah. evangelize. We have to disciple. Yeah, we do. And if you enjoyed this episode, um, we would really appreciate it if y'all would go ahead and repost or share us or, um, yeah, just let people know about what's going on. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, it's bless.u.podcast. Um, we're on just about every streaming platform, and we're really grateful for you guys and following with us on this journey. We love you guys. We're blessed by you. Go bless someone today. Absolutely. Let's go forth the Holy Spirit and bless others. Righto. All right, mates. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.